So what are your plans for 2018? Uh, it's the start of a new year. You know, new year we make lists maybe. We have goals. We have plans. What are your plans for 2018? You know, maybe for some of you this is the year you will finally get that project done. This is the year you will take that pink tile out of the hall bathroom. I know, you live in a house like that, I know, uh, some of you do. Uh, this is the year uh, that we will finally uh, fix the garage door. This is the year, uh, better yet, this is the year we'll, have, we'll make enough room in our garage we can park our cars in it. I'm starting to meddle now, I know. Uh, my parents live in that kind of neighborhood. They have three-car garages and their cars still have to be out in the driveway. I don't understand it. Um, but maybe more seriously, this is the year we're going to work on our marriage. This is the year that... Uh, this is the year I'm going to fix that relationship. This is the year uh, I'm going to make that trip to Europe I've always wanted to do, but have never had the courage to do it. Beginning of the year, we have all these plans... All these things we want to accomplish. Um, but what role does God play in that? I think a big part of coming to 2018 is maybe to hold our plans less tightly and to open ourselves up to what God might want to do for us. Um, in a few minutes, we're going, to, we're going to follow in a great Methodist tradition on New Year's Day, the first Sunday of the year, the, the Methodists from the earliest days would meet and they would come together and at the beginning of the new year, uh, they would resolve and they would commit to God again afresh for the new year. And for many years in this church, I know that we have celebrated that. And uh, this year we're going to do that. We're once again, I'm going to invite us to renew our covenant with God and we're going to use a prayer that comes out of the Methodist tradition called the Wes we call it sometimes the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. I invite you to take your hymnals. It's in your hymnal in number 607. I'm going to invite you to open it, leave it open to that. I don't know, it might be at six, uh, 607. I got the number right this time. It's great. 607. I just want to invite you to leave that open. It just throughout the sermon, maybe, maybe I, you just tune out for a moment and you look at it. I don't know. Your plans may vary. Look at that. Now the language is 18th century. But let's think about our plans and let's think about what this prayer says. Do you see it there? It says, uh, I'm not my own but thine. He says, put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low by thee. Let me be full let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. I don't know about you. I'm kind of uncomfortable by that. You know, I mean, you read it, and there's, it's, it's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? I, I mean, I can tell you what plans I have for 2018, and they mostly involve me... Um, doing what I want to do, like socializing with people I want to socialize with, doing, being employed, being exalted, being full, and having all things. Very few, or shall I say none of my plans, involve suffering, being laid aside, being brought low, being empty, and having nothing. How about your plans? 
You see, when we have plans, they're always about ourselves. Maybe they're about others. Maybe they're about our family or whatever. Um, but, but in the end, uh, we usually come out comfortable. And don't we love being comfortable? We love, you know, uh, you know the, the pink tile doesn't look good anymore, so we've got to get the new travertine marble tile. You know, very expensive and all. Uh, we've got to get that. It's more comfortable. Uh, we've got to upgrade. And, and I wonder if when we look at the covenant prayer, we see something that is radically different from our plans in the way that I live and the way maybe you live. And I always struggled with this because it's like I only want to say half the prayer. <laughs> I only want to say half the prayer. But you know, the more I thought about it this year, when I look at it, I wonder if what the early Methodists knew, the lesson we learn is that the best thing we can do is not to maximize our own comfort, but to trust in God's will for us. That, that somehow when we trust in God's will, whatever that is, whether it's doing or suffering, employed or laid aside, exalted or brought low, full or empty, all things or nothing, that maybe the best way we can live our lives in 2018 is to say, whatever, whatever you will bring, Lord, that's what I want. Maybe that's what it means for us to embrace grace. You know, sometimes when we think about grace or God's will or God's blessing, it always involves, hey, things are going to go well for us, right? Things go well, we say, hey, I am what? Blessed. Right? I do it. You do it too, I suspect. But that maybe it's possible that God's agenda might just be bigger than ours. That maybe God's agenda involves more than just us. I look at Isaiah chapter 60, and, and there in chapter 60 we see God once again is, is, is coming to the, his covenant people. Just as we're going to renew our covenant this morning, God first made a covenant with Israel through whom God makes a covenant with us. And there in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of exile, in the midst of return to a ruined Jerusalem, God says, I have bigger plans than you can see. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. It's funny, he says that the nations will come and he speaks of nations that are as far south or north or east or west as the people of this time could conceive. And he says they will come, they will bring camels and on it they will bring the treasure of the world. And that's so different because the, the example of ancient Israel in the time of the kings and the time of exile was they sent treasure to other countries. And God says, I have a plan that even in the midst of despair and, and, and struggle, I have a plan to, for my glory. Even in your struggle, I am showing a future where your light will shine. Where your light will shine. You see, this is a prophecy of what we celebrate today on Epiphany. Did you notice some similarities between the two readings we had today? 
Did you notice that in Matthew he talks about the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh? And do you remember the gifts in Isaiah 60 verse 6? It says, they shall bring gold and frankincense. When God acts, they will bring gold and frankincense. And what we celebrate on Epiphany is that God has acted in sending Jesus Christ and that now the nations are coming. The, 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 the wise men, we don't know if there were three, they come from a faraway place. They ride on a camel. I was told recently, I've never ridden a camel. Some of you probably have. Some of you have probably been to Egypt and the Middle East. Apparently, it's not comfortable. I, someone's down there going, no, it's good. Thank you for that, for that com- for confirmation. And imagine they rode hundreds of miles through the desert on a camel. Why? Because the light had shone. And I think he says here in the midst of your struggles that I have a bigger plan. You know, sometimes you and I, we look at suffering and we think there is no purpose to suffering. There can be nothing good about suffering. Suffering is something to always be avoided, that there is no greater purpose, no greater redemptive plan, but God says, I am gonna use all things for my glory. You see, when we give ourselves wholly to God, what happens is we give up our right to be in charge of ourselves. Because you know what? Some of you can attest and you can testify that you have tried really hard to be in charge of yourself and to keep everything under control. Some of you are smiling at me because you know how that ended for you. Some of you had ended really badly. I know this. Some of you had just ended up frustrated. You know, we, we struggle with that. We want to control everything. We want everything to be just the way we want it to be comfortable. And God says, give up control because in the end, when you try to control yourself, all you think you've got the world running, but all you've really done is you've boxed yourself in and, and tiled a roof over and you're left in darkness. And God says, I will bring light. And when my light comes, all that is in darkness their light will shine upon them. Even the tiny light of a star that can illuminate the darkest place. And so you and I, we come today and God says, come, follow the light. Come, be part of what I am doing. And when we do that, the promise is, that God's light will shine on us and through us. He, he says they will come and surround you and your heart shall, you, you shall see. You, the light will open your eyes and you will be radiant. It's a reminder that, that, with, with, that, that we do not as ourselves, we are not sources of light, but God is. And if God is a source of light, then when God's light shines on us, we are like a diamond or like a precious gem that has no light source of its own, but is merely cut and fashioned so that its light shines brilliantly around it. 
And he says, when you come and when you stand as my people and my light shines, it will shine on you. And because you have been opened, it will shine through you. That you can be a bearer of light. You see, we can be bearers of light in good times and in bad times. When we are doing well and when we are suffering that's the story of the Bible. That's the story that, that God, when God works in people's lives, he, he doesn't work according to our plans. There are no biblical characters that I can think of that God basically said, well, you know, I'm just going to act according to your plans. In, in every case, though, in their earthly life, it may have been more challenging, more stressful, more uh, painful. It was all, always to his glory. I think of King David who could have lived a very simple life as a shepherd, but God said, for my glory, you will shepherd my people. And he told him this while there was someone else who was king who had a nasty habit of killing people. And David survived. It's a miracle. Read it. Read it this afternoon. It's wonderful. Or think about the Apostle Paul who wrote much of the New Testament, and he said, and he, you know, he, was, he was on the fast track. I mean, he, he went to the best schools with the best professors, and he was up, going up the ladder in the religious hierarchy. But then Jesus, the, the light, blinds him, and the light shines upon him so brightly that it changes his life. And you know, Paul, he goes from the top to the bottom. He goes to living in borrowed houses. He says he's shipwrecked. He's been beaten. He's been, uh, he's been spit upon. He's been accused. He writes a lot of the letters in the New Testament from prison. And when Paul comes to the end of his life and he tells a story and he does it multiple times in the New Testament, he says, I had, I had everything. I had everything. And I gave it all up. Because it was accounted as loss. The Greek word's a little more interesting, actually. But we can't use that word here. The Greek word says, all that I had, all that my comfort, all that I had built up, I counted as loss compared to knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord. And so you and I today, when we come to make this commitment we come to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We come to be part of God's plan to restore the nations. And God's light shines upon us. So how can I do that? You ask, how can I do that? How can I be, how can I be a person uh, who embraces grace? How can I be? And that's simply to be open to what God is doing. First of all, I would say if you have, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, this morning, God is calling you. The first way you can embrace grace is by saying yes to the grace of Jesus Christ. To say yes to the Christ who gave himself on the cross for you. To say yes to forgiveness. To say yes to your future in Christ. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe you've already said yes. And I hope every person in here, every person at the sound of my voice, you have said yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have said, come help me. I can't do it on my own. I need you. Maybe for some of us, we need to keep saying that. I help me. I can't do it myself. I need you. And to be open to what God might do. 
I think of uh, my, my last church. I, I don't like to tell too many stories about my last church, but God just did amazing things I couldn't plan. So much of what happened, I always thought if I tell people about, if I ever write a story about ministry, I think I'll title it, Everything Good That Ever Happened to Me I Did By Accident. Because that was God's grace. I didn't plan it. I think of uh, this week I was on Facebook. How many of you Facebook? Anyway, I saw something. It was a news article. It was an article about, um, about two ladies that were in my church in Grant County. It was a little church, 15, 20. 20 people would have been a great Sunday for us in that, in that church. We started with nine, if you may remember that. I remember one of these ladies, she had started coming, and she came to know Jesus about six months after I got there. And somehow Jesus got a hold of her and changed her life. And she went from being someone who is, you know, she had just retired and uh, she had a lot of plans for retirement, like many of you. Do you know what her plans for retirement involved doing? As little as possible. Some of you are like, yeah, I see how that works out. You know this. Um, and, and, and certainly didn't involve working again, and didn't involve working for free. But somehow God got a hold of her, and she embraced grace because she somehow, and, and these two women, they felt led to take over this charity thrift store in Williamstown in Grant County. It was struggling. They, 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 it offered low-priced uh, items for people to, to purchase, to give them dignity of being able to buy things rather than be given them. Uh, for people with low income, many struggling people come. And the proceeds from it, which were very low at that time, uh, would be used to buy food and medicine and pay utility bills of people in need in Grant County. And these two ladies who, who, were, who you know, were not uh, PhDs, were, but were very faithful, hardworking people, they said, yes, they embraced God's grace to go and take over that thrift store. And it was, the reason it was on the Cincinnati News is in the last four years they've run it, they've tripled the revenue, they've more than tripled the donations, and now, because they've grown so big, they're now doubling their space. And that happened because these two ordinary people said yes and embraced God's grace. And now one of those ladies, the lady who come to, came to know Jesus, uh, I went to visit her a couple weeks ago because she's in the hospital and she has cancer. And the investment that they have put as the light has radiated through them, there is not one day that goes by in that thrift store where someone doesn't come in and ask how she's doing. Hundreds of people Dozens of churches because of that single decision to embrace grace. Not far away, but right where she was, where she could make a difference. So today when we say that prayer, what we're saying with this prayer is nothing definite about what will happen but entirely definite in our willingness to be used by God to make a difference, to shine forth his light so that those who are in darkness might see it. And all because we were willing to embrace grace in 2018. So are you willing? Are you? Well, let's, uh, then if so, Let's commit ourselves to God's purpose and God's plan this year. Thanks be to God. Amen.